My name is Will Holden, and today I am joined by Andy Melbourne. How are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. Good to be back. Good to be back. It's been a long holiday that we've all had. We it went has. away together. <laughs> Obviously, to, yeah. We're in south of France, didn't we? For, uh, oh, yes. That's the, for, that's the story. For four months. <laughs> I'm also joined by our other travel companion, Mr. Mark Wall. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. Excellent. If only we'd recorded all of the podcasts that we talked about while in the south of France. They were really, really great. Probably the best ones we've ever done. It was just to a, a group of woodland squirrels. <laughs> and they were not responsive. They did not appreciate it. No, they were all dead. Right. So our return episode, I've made a couple of picks, and it's a slight curve on the uh, classic screen and needle concept because there's no film this week. I've chosen for you both to read uh, a graphic novel. That graphic novel is called Tremodos. It's written by Michael Conrad. The art is by Noah Bailey. It's coloured by Noah Bailey. And that's it. It looks like it's just two people involved. <laughs> I picked this book almost immediately after reading it and wanted to put it in the group. I've kind of often wanted to do a, a graphic novel or something similar. That was quite a while ago. Um, but I was very taken at the time by this comic's uh, quite a sort of esoteric feeling uh, and I was very taken with the art in this book with the kind of pencil textures I think some of it has kind of a lot of realism in some of the the way things are drawn and obviously um, it's about sort of dreams so a lot of it is very ethereal on second reading coming back to it to read for this uh, I think I've got more sort of slight criticisms with it than I had the first time I read it and I know for both of you this is the first time you've read it um so I'd be interested to see what your initial take is. Um, I thought it'd be a good choice because it's pretty short. I think it's less than 100 pages. This is a pretty quick read. Uh, so it didn't require a lot of commitment. Yeah, what did you think? Well, I think it's important to mention, I think Andy's relatively similar to me. It's it's kind of like Walter Subchak says, you know, like a child wandering into a middle of a movie. I've got no point of reference here. I mean, I, I basically read three graphic novels in my life <laughs> that's it you know so it was an interesting experience and broadly speaking I enjoyed it I really as you say I really like the atmosphere it evokes I think the art is great it's kind of like got this cool sort of sci-fi noir vibe to it and I like the style of the art pencil shading all over it but then some bold blacks in there and like the occasional bursts of color really creative imagery surrealist and trippy at times really enjoyed all those elements of it i think i enjoyed the atmosphere more than the narrative sure i don't know how much of that is my fault though i think because i'm unfamiliar with the format it obviously presents the story it's trying to tell in a slightly different way. And obviously it's a pretty obtuse story anyway. Mm -hmm. But if I'm being completely honest, as the further it went along, the more I struggled to follow it. It's surviving purely on its mood, which it did succeed at, to be fair. But yeah, what did you think, Andy? Yeah, I probably read, what do you say, three graphic novels? I might be able to mm, double that maybe. Maybe about six, but it's still a low number. Um, I agree with you that the further it went on, the less engaged I think I was by it. 
I think that's not necessarily in style, but it kind of reminded me of like a Philip K. Dick short story where it's a really interesting idea that kind of peters out a little bit for me. Like the reveal isn't uninteresting, but it just feels like that could have been like way more fleshed out as a kind of story. Like it, it like you say, it's really short and I think it loses something for being so short because I think like the first half of it really sets up, yeah, this really interesting idea. And when you sort of get a hint at what the reveal's going to be, I don't know. I, I feel like there could have been more there. I can't agree with you with the art. I, I, I did like it. I actually didn't notice that I was reading something in black and white really until there was like a shot. Until there's colour. That's yeah. interesting. It was the first time it kind of made me aware of that, but... One of the reasons that I don't read very many graphic novels and it's not my, my preferred medium is that the art doesn't just doesn't do a huge amount for me. I, I'm the same as you, Matt, that I don't have a huge like frame of reference as to whether it's it's good or bad. And I certainly didn't dislike it, but I, I've always preferred just reading a book and conjuring that image yourself. But I think the art was massively successful, like you say, of kind of setting the the mood like there's a like noir is definitely right um there's a real sort of uneasiness just kind of an undercurrent particularly under the first like half of the book when you don't know who the like who the man is and yeah i just i don't think it quite fulfills the kind of expectations that it sets up in the first half i agree because i really like the setup with the man kind of haunting dreams and that whole investigation into that I think that's an awesome setup and I kind of agree I think where I just sort of wanted it to go to a different place than where it went I felt like when it started to reveal what was really going on it was okay again it's just not particularly what I wanted I guess and I struggled to to follow it due to as I said before the whole you know what is real and what isn't real yeah, for a little for a little while I was kind of expecting it to be like the narrative to be out of order and that was why it was kind mm-hmm. of hard to follow but then it does sort of piece it together by the end and I don't mind that either. I don't mind the fact that I'm slightly in the dark as the kind of reader uh, and then the pieces kind of fall together like fall together by the end. But um but yeah, it just wasn't quite satisfactory enough for me. I think the Philip K. Dick comparison is is bang on. And um, Mark, I don't think it's a fault of, of you at all. Second read through, that is where my criticism lies. And I agree with you both. Like, I think the idea just sort of peters out and it, it could potentially go in several directions with, with what it sets up and kind of tries to have its cake and eat it and, and does none of them to any particular depth. Um, but certainly the first time I read it, I think not many comics look like this. I mean, most of them are published on a weekly or monthly basis and are sort of banged out the, banged out the door. Um, so I was really, really swept up with the, just the art. And as you say, the atmosphere, and I think that is absolutely like palpable in the, in the art. I get that. Like you say, if, if art's not, if the art doesn't, if it can't in- induce that sort of escapism or doesn't move you in some way, it's 50% of the story. So <laughs> I get why that would, you know, not be your, your preferred 
sort of choice of how to to get stories. That's not a criticism. Like I'm not. <laughs> it's not a. No, it's not a criticism either of this or the. Um, the medium as a whole. Media. I was going to say genre, and I was like, that's not accurate. I, I think. So I would say that it is, although I don't necessarily prefer that as a medium, like the comparative I'd make, like when you're kind of using film is like something like Hitchcock, where you're kind of building an atmosphere from, from like next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And the, the art does that like from the, from the word go really, like you get this sort of sense of uneasiness, even though they're kind of talking about like the man as a character and it not necessarily being anything sort of like even necessarily negative. It's just sort of unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not specifics. It's just that the art and the story kind of builds this like this sort of creepy, unsettling kind of atmosphere around it. So I can't yeah. say what. So I'm not saying at all that it wasn't successful in doing that. No, no, absolutely. But I just, I, I, I get your, your point. I think as well, what, uh, to your other point, I think what movies and what comics lack compared to film is sound. Any type of music, any type of... Um, I mean, there is this comic not so much, if memory serves, but a lot of comics have like written in onomatopoeia to give the impression of sound. But of course, that, that doesn't replace music and stuff like that. Um, Ooh, do you not get comics with a soundtrack? That'd be good. Actually, there are there are a couple. Of, yeah, we come yeah, with a QR code. You scan them in. There's a, a soundtrack on Spotify, and you can like it. A handful that have gone for that. I'm into that. The, the same though can be said for for just you know standard books as well. Of course, like they, mm-hmm. they obviously don't have sound, and it, there is definitely that the the graphic novel does exist halfway in between those two worlds because the way it's framed and everything, literally on the page, it, it almost seems like a storyboard for a movie yeah and that um, is where storyboarding comes from yeah fair play and uh yeah i think you are reliant on that art because obviously it doesn't have the describing words the descriptions of what's going on like and that is a big loss because i think often when reading a book that creates the atmosphere that creates the world in your head whereas in this you're entirely just reading people's speech 99% mm-hmm. of the time really yeah. and the world is created purely through the pictures so it lives and dies on your enjoyment of the art really and the effectiveness of it I think and as so. I say I, I do think it was effective in this for sure I liked the character designed as well I liked that they weren't sort of very conventional mm. like particularly the lead it's um slightly androgynous and like yeah just interesting to look at you know and to be fair you wouldn't see that kind of character presentation within many movies no no and you're certainly not seeing it in the sort of big the big two comic companies you know they're not yeah they're not interested in that sort of thing um yeah i think with the art there's a lot of sort of strange uncanny valley like gin as you say is, is a an interesting sort of figure to look at but she has like massive ears that are almost half the size of her head. Fingers and hands are often done to a sort of excruciating detail. I think all that adds to this, just that sense of unease as well. I think sometimes it plays with scale, like mm. because it's within a sort of dream world. Like I think that's uh, that is something that happens within a dream, so it's quite easy to kind of justify. But I think sometimes you've got like characters are just out of 
like scale with each other or parts about yeah. like depending which is kind of the powerful figure in that moment i guess um so like when she's chasing the man and then finds him is in a like a crate yeah just curled up in a box yeah and he looks like a like a tiny figure like as she's kind of towering over him that's not how they're like when they're stood next to each other that's not how their scales are kind of shown (laughs) yes yeah they're quite similar um I remember the first time I read it, though, there's a there's a point where it begins more or less with the interview of Jin being interviewed by these two supposed scientists who are just interested in the fact that several people have dreamed about this same man. And then it gets into the story as Jin is, is describing her dreams and her encounters with this. And, and you understand it gets a bit more nefarious. And then there's a point where it just, it just sort of snaps back to the interview. and she says, and that was my that was my last dream. And I, the first time I read it, that really took me by surprise. Like that was that was a kind of mic drop moment, I think, in the story. I think you're both absolutely right. As it goes on, it begins to lose that thread um, to the point where, within the last few pages, it introduces. Is it in China? There's like a room full of sleeping people being kept alive by the sort of skin of their teeth suggestive of like is that is that supposed to be gin or or the man or is it the person she's trying to contact like there's yeah i feel like it, it probably has an answer that just isn't it, it's either undecided upon or just isn't isn't landed on very well yeah i think i think they sort of rush into the explanation the expansion of the plot a bit too quickly for my liking yeah, I kind of agree. I think it, it could have been a bit longer, taken a little bit more time. That wouldn't necessarily have changed where it went, which again, I just it, it wasn't quite what I wanted. I saw it, it sort of lost the the sense of threat, really. It, and it was really replaced by just like a general sort of what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, rather than a pointed threat. Yeah, like because you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking that the the man at the start was going to be a villain. I did think he was going to be slightly more interesting than just sort of another dreamer, basically. Sure. I like the idea of them, like, digging into the idea of using it for, like, you you have people that are able to, like, get into other people's dreams and sort of... Yes. Like, supplant things there, and then, like, utilising that for advertising. Yeah, and the kind first of thing imme- is making money. Yeah, and it kind of immediately moved away from that again. I think that is the, like, not to, like... <laughs> overplay the reference but like the philip k dick thing of like there are so many so many films made on the back of his like short stories like something like minority report where the like the short story is basically like the pre-credits like bit of the film and then there is a there is a like film spun off the back of it i think there could be a really good film made off this and it could be a really good film still made off the same storyline i think if you kind of fleshed it out and like a lot of those little tangents that either don't go anywhere or just kind of ignored or replaced as where the story is like if you filled them out into better red herrings as well i think you could get more more invested like there's definitely something there in terms of a of an idea yeah 
I think you're right. The, the initial mystery of, of seeing a poster that says, have you dreamed this man? is just, it's a cool setup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. First time around, I was, I was just sort of blown away by the, the sort of presentation of it. But second time around, I think I felt those, felt those issues a bit more. Um, just for my own interest, is there, did either of you have any, any, I don't know, issues or problems with like pacing? It's one thing like where comics and books are probably most closely aligned is that you you sort of control the pace this wasn't a comic that has particularly complex paneling or is is demanding you do anything really other than read left to right but how quickly you move through those images and that text is is kind of up to you i sort of said before i think i think the pacing is is pretty decent i almost wish it had taken more time Mm. than it did to be honest yeah fair it was it was a pretty easy read, other than finding myself thinking, you know, I don't really understand fully what is happening here. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's pacing issues as in like we've all kind of said we would have liked it to have taken a bit more time and expanded on the end a little bit. I think like the pacing is it, it kind of feels good that it's quick through the start of it. It really gets you into this like really interesting setup straight away. And it sort of continues at that pace. Like that's my only real issue with the pacing is that mm. like it, it at no point does it, it ever lag. decompresses. Yeah, no point does it ever really lag. And I like the fast paced style of it. It really works through the first half, but um but it's probably the reason that it felt like fell just a little bit short for me in the second half. Yeah. I think you you said it before. Like we've all we've all agreed it's got a fantastic setup, and I wonder how much of it was just they came up with that initial idea. And as with any storytelling format, whether it be Lost, the TV series, whatever, I, I wonder how much of it was just coming up with something rather than the right thing. Yeah, I mean, you hear it a lot, though, don't you? Like, Lost is a good example of it, where they said they had the ending from the start. It may well be that they came up with a story and had the ending for it and just kind of faltered on how to get to that. I think that may well be the case, yeah. Like, it's not sort of a lack of inspiration for what the ending of this story should be. It's just it's, it's just plotting your way to it in an interesting way. Yeah. We have mentioned as well, but I do want to say again, I do particularly like the sort of contrast between the sort of just simple black and white normal world which kind of gets lost a little bit as it goes through and the surrealistic dream imagery like the child's dream yeah like there's a nice mix as well you know just characters throwing up massive fish and (laughs) all, all sorts like there's something with a bird egg is there i think there's a sort of sequence where she dreams that she's an invading bird, like pushing eggs That's it, out yeah, that was, that was that awesome. Was that was really cool. I can't say, though, that makes so much more sense than how I saw it, because I thought she was just throwing up into a giant fish instead of throwing <laughs> up a giant fish. I thought there was yeah. just a giant fish there that she was throwing up into. I thought that's a weird thing to do. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think I agree with the, with the, perhaps just having the idea and not not necessarily um, 
the full the full scope of it. I've read some other things by Michael Conrad. I think he's a good writer. A lot of his stories are quite sort of high highbrow um, science fiction or conspiracy that type of thing. Um, but I think he's probably been more successful in the other in other works. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you, you both enjoyed at least you know some of it. Um, I'd like to bring other. Um, sort of graphic novels of different flavours in the future. Are we going to, um, I mean, do you want to rate it or do you want to forego rating? Because it's, if you've got nothing to compare it against, it's difficult to... Uh... I've not thought about it, but we always rate. I think we should still I, rate. I think we have to. I, mean, I I kind of wanted to put it out and just, but no, I think, I think we need to, we need to do it. Do you want to go first, Will? Because you're... Sure. I mean, unfortunately, it's going to fall into that sort of genetic, generic category again, where... I think it's sort of somewhere between a seven and an eight for me. Um, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give it an eight. I think that the the art and the presentation um, gives me enough enjoyment that, that the slightly wonky story at the end, um, yeah, not not a big deal for me. So a, a good eight. As soon as you said generic, I was thinking like, Will's going to give it like a five or a six here. That's that's how long we've not done the podcast for. I forgot how generous you are with your scores. <laughs> Also, how but how often we comment that everything's a seven? That was my reference to generacy. So I think we've given a seven more than any other any other score. I'm going to give it a seven. Boo. <laughs> One thing I didn't mention as well is that I don't know if this is common or not, but you don't really get any sort of idea of character. Uh, um, I think part of that is um, like the 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 length of the comic like yeah. it, it's very plot driven so so you don't have a lot of time for that but the um a lot of co- a lot of comics are genre so a lot of them yeah. are plot over character but it is dependent on it. I, I just i love character i sort of miss that a little bit but the um but yeah the 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 kind of atmosphere that it creates particularly in the first half for me like the initial setup of the story is uh is such a good idea that it's built on i, I definitely got a lot from it, even if it didn't quite live up to that for me. So, so yeah, seven. Yeah, I'm also going seven. I have, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was I, said earlier? And Andy nailed it with the uh, with the character thing. I think I, it wasn't really something I'd considered, but yeah, the, there's no real background or sense of who they really are. No, I mean you get a little bit about Jin and like her dad and stuff, but it's it's yeah, it's minor and it's there's bits that, and pieces for sure. That's, yeah, that's it's also not that's her. Background. It's also not developed. Yeah, that's yeah, her yeah, background. You're right. It's not that's not her character. Like it doesn't really tell you much about her. Her as a person. No, that's all, all quite fair. All right. So the um, the album that I have uh, brought is uh, the album 2020 by Richard Dawson came out in 2019. It has 10 songs. It is 57 minutes and 52 seconds long. I think it is Richard Dawson's sixth album uh, with another one due to come out this year.
first heard the first track off this album, Civil Servant, through some recommended um, playlist or other through Spotify uh, in Barcelona Airport. Being professionally a civil servant, this this song spoke to me in many ways, um, but led me to uh, look a bit more into the rest of this album. It is a... Um, when I've tried to describe it to people before... I think it's got the sort of storytelling um, of a kind of half man, half biscuit, but through the lens of um, sort of indie pop rock, slightly folk inspired. But he has that, I can't think of a better way to talk, a a very literal approach to lyrics, um, which I'm sure I've said on this podcast before, to ad nauseum, but lyrics are not my like number one. Um, attraction to music but here I find them sort of refreshingly like straightforward and amusing I like his uh, northeastiness and when that comes through in his accent Um, and had a lot of fun with this album like I think there are highs and lows on it and a few tracks on there that I think are less interesting than others but overall I think it's got some pretty interesting kind of chord bases occasionally in songs um he has for while not being one of the world's best singers necessarily he's got a hell of a range um and he uh he writes a catchy chorus for most of these songs i think a lot of them end up being earworms uh, when i walk away from this album and i've managed to come back to it a bunch of times and um and still enjoy it so um you guys what did you make of 2020? Yeah, I agree with quite a lot of that, to be honest. Like, I like his lyric writing as well. I think, um, yeah, it's a bit of a rarity. You don't get that uh, too much where the, like, where the lyrics are quite so kind of straightforward. Um, there's no sort of romanticised like imagery and things like that. Like, they are a literal description of, <laughs> of events and... Um, I really like his voice too. Like, I think you wouldn't say he's got the best voice in the world in terms of like, I think when he's really stretching at the top of his like falsetto, I don't think he always actually reaches those nails. Nails it, no. Um, but it's absolutely full of character and he writes quite a lot of melodies that flit about as well. It's not like they're kind of moving in step all the time. Like, there's, um, the songs like I think it happens in jogging quite a lot where like the actual melody line like jumps kind of half octaves like quite regularly and is skipping between like falsetto and chest voice like the top of his range in his chest voice is high as well like he really yeah really belts that out um and yeah so it's it, it's not perfect but I don't really care about that like it's the mm-hmm. kind of character to it that I find it really enjoyable i kind of i wrote that i felt it was like theatrical folk rock like it reminded me of like jethro tull at their kind of i've mentioned it probably not on the podcast but to you guys that i really like broadsword and the beast i got those sort of vibes for it at the time like it doesn't take itself too seriously like the kind of the folk element in that like it's quite often on like acoustic instruments but it's um 
but it's like a sort of quite heavy riff that it'll go for at times. Yeah. Um, um, uh, vocals as well. Uh, like it reminded me of um, Jonathan Hicks. That's all I was going to say. Like everything, everything guy in his like oh, yeah. in his falsetto a lot of yeah, the time yeah. where. He he often sounds like he's really strain straining to hit the top of his range, but still kind of works for me because of the character. Well, I'm never going to criticize um, like folk, the folk end of prog rock. It's, it's just stupidly it. theatrical, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's it's like it, it's. I feel like it moves away from like pretentious and just like embraces the ridiculous. Remember that band? I think they were called Caravan. Or a song about golf. Yeah, good songs. That's, that's good stuff. Anyway, Mark, what do you think of this album and not something that came out forty years ago? Well, I think it's pretty fantastic. Although I do have a couple of criticisms, of but do. yeah, no, <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, massive grower. It's an album that actually massively pays off, because like, obviously this has been long delayed. Yeah. So there's been a couple of times where I thought we might be recording. And so I listened to it again and a couple of weeks off, came back again. Every time I've come back to it, it's improved in my mind. I agree. He's got like some really earwormy choruses, but they're not, they're not obvious in any way. No, agreed. You know, they're just interesting melodies, you know, very unconventional, very unique. And I spent a lot of time as well. You guys are both said about you know what it reminds you of who he potentially sounds like and all of this and like yeah I mean of course he's clearly taking a fair bit from you know 70s prog generally I think and even even stuff like you know the streets or something like that it's it's not a million miles away through in the in the sort of matter of fact style but lyrically lyrics, yeah say. yeah for sure or like the kind of early arctic monkeys or yeah yeah i think there's some some comparison there like sort of working class matter of fact lyric writing but that's it the subject matter is i mean civil servants about being a civil servant and hating your job um queen's heads about owning a pub that gets flooded we're hurrying home from sheffield Received a phone call from our tearful nephew, whom we had left in charge. It's happened again, the pub's flooded again. Humber burst its banks this morning. Later on, you have things like Fulfillment Centre, again, which sort of bleeds into that kind of working class sort of idea. Um, yeah, it definitely evokes a, a kind of a mood. It evokes a sort of setting, I think, in my mind of that almost slightly stereotypical northeastern uh, vibe. <laughs> Don't mean that sounds as awful as it probably does. Um, but... Uh, so I don't know, like the proud working class. Do you know what I mean? I think there's something about the northeast of, of 
sort of the rallying working class, which is uh, which I get I get in here. I think his sort of like musicianship and playing is is really like good. I think it's a really high standard. I think the actual production of it sometimes sounds a little scrappy. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't mind a kind of DIY production aesthetic, which I think it kind of is most of the time. But I think there's a kind of thinness to the sound that sometimes lets it down a little bit when it kind of hits on the like heavier moments. Like it's not, there isn't a reason for that. Like it isn't like like often the kind of big outros or big choruses are kind of padded out with like. Um, like I think the Queen's Head does it, where there's like there's kind of a synth pad in the back, kind of fill, yeah, he does it yeah, a few kind times. of filling out the sound. So there isn't anything sort of lacking within the like writing to kind of fill that out. Yet it still feels like a sort of thin rock sound. Something missing in the sonic range somewhere. I'd be interested to hear a more kind of hi-fi produced version of certain songs. But it, it does kind of have a slightly badass thing going on, like where it kicks in to like that grinding riff in like jogging, for example. It sounds great. Like it sounds super cool. Um, and his guitar playing is really unique and i think his guitar tone is really unique like everything about him is unique like this is what sort of saying before like we can talk about all his influences and what he does or doesn't sound like but my main takeaway is he he doesn't actually sound like that many other people he sounds very much like himself i think just lots of lots of different like lots of bits sound like lots of different things and he's kind of stick i don't think his melody writing or guitar playing is particularly sounding like anyone else. No, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think it's kind of, it's a lot of different influences kind of stitched together. And then there's just, like, it ties together because, like, there's something different about him. that, Like you say, melody writing in particular, but there's there's something that kind of, one, like, sews it together. So there's a, like, cohesiveness about it, which I think is his like vocals and his melody writing um and that it never sort of settles on one thing for long enough for it ever to like sound like across the board like something else And as I said, his, his guitar playing, the way he... It sounds to me like he finger-picks most of it. I don't know whether that's the case or not. With, like, a very slight touch of distortion on it. So just when he digs in, there's, like, that slight sort of scratchy edge to it. But the movement in the guitar lines, he he does that cool thing where it sort of combines rhythm and lead. There's not a much conventional lead on there, but there's loads of songs where the kind of the movement of the top line of the guitar chord will be creating a sort of counter melody 
to his to his voice. Do have an issue, sorry, with the with the length of the record. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way too long. I would uh, I would argue that most most of the songs would just be cut down a little bit. Mm. Like I, think, I, yeah, I now I'm looking at the track times. I agree. <laughs> yeah, fulfillment center in particular. I don't think it because I think that's a cool, like almost slightly um, kind of eastern like vibe to the sort of main riff of it, and I don't think it. Like for a ten minute song, I don't think it departs enough to justify the yeah, the runtime of it. Yeah, I think that's all quite reasonable. They are they are very long songs. I mean, I think some of them in like the Queen's Head, I I think is probably amongst my favourite songs on the album because I just I like the story more than anything else, and um, I have huge amount of pleasure about the way he says water every time uh that always just just makes me smile and uh but i think that one does that one doesn't feel like it's five minute runtime i kind of get absorbed up in its in its storytelling and it's one of my favorites as well but i actually wrote down and i'm not 100 percent sure that this is what it is but uh is it pickety third when it finishes on a like a major chord after a like minor chord I think, sequence. That, I think it is a pickety third yeah love, that's, love that's that. really dug, dug deep in my old a-level music but. Love, love that shit the last chord of the uh of the song finishes on the like equivalent major love it absolutely simple but effective i think it is the queen's head i've got a lot of time for civil servant um i just i think it's a really funny song and not only applies to, to real civil service life, but just anybody who has a kind of menial office job. I think it, it speaks volumes, but I, I'm going to give it to Queen's Head for me. First four for me, but I'll say two halves and jogging in particular. That's a boring lack of uh, diversity across this, unfortunately, because, uh, yeah, Civil Servant is probably fourth for me out of the front four, but... Um, yeah, Queen's Head, Two Halves, Jogging. I'll go Jogging. There's there's almost nothing between those three. I think that run is just is just great. Got a lot of time for Black Triangle as well. I like that song. Yeah, I wrote... Black Triangle is cool. I wrote for Black Triangle. Like, it, It's one of the times that it works for me as well. But when we're talking about the production and, like I sort of said, DIY element, mm. like the the kind of... Like the breakdown, like the middle eight sort of bit, like the little instrumental bit, it's incredibly messy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I don't, and it sort of works for me as part of the aesthetic for it as well. Like it's not a negative, but it's just, it's a bit all over the place. Like the sort of timings aren't really together. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just messy, but, but it's fine. It's, uh, it gives it a kind of, yeah, that, that, it's yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. he just seemed. Sorry, Mark. Sorry. No, you go ahead, buddy. I was just going to say he seems like you know, if you met him in a pub, he'd be a, a cool guy to like have a little chat with. 
absolutely <laughs> yeah that's my takeaway if I, I mean i was just 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 gonna say i think endearing is absolutely the word to describe sort of the whole album and the whole vibe of it but um yeah but the man needs to change his name because just day to day i just don't remember that he's called richard dawson no that that is true <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna try and remember <laughs> richard dawkins and work backwards yeah. <laughs> no you're right though i think like his music is just absolutely full of character to say that you think he would be an interesting person to talk to in a pub i get that vibe as well like it's it's unusual to get so much you feel like you know his character like you kind of know who he is like it feels like there's a lot of him in the music and like that it's that he's probably very like passionate about what he does but you could talk to him about football. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. And pubs. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I, I what love else football and pubs. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a great guy. That's my, no that's one do, my no vibe. No one really like this album. It's just football and pubs. <laughs> that's, that's my main vibe. <laughs> um, do, you want, do you want to do a rating? I'm going to be slightly critical and go eight. Um, because it does tail off for me a little bit as an album. And I do think that... I don't know. I'd, I'd, some of the production I like and some of it, like I just would like a little bit fuller like depth to the sound. But it's kind of an eight with a caveat of like the man has a 10 out of 10 album in, in him. Like I'm sort of excited to listen to other stuff and uh, yeah, for future album. But, uh, Sweet. And yeah, I'll definitely come back to this one. I mean, eight is a good score. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. And maybe it's just new Mark, you know, new podcast, new Mark. I'm going to go nine. Just because why the hell not? You know, it's something which I found really engaging and has improved on repeat listens. And that that's quite rare for me. I get sick of most things pretty quickly, even if I love them. So it's a generous nine. Really, it's kind of, you know, eight and a half kind of, but yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Nine out nine out of ten. New podcast, old will. I'm not going to break the habit of a lifetime. Um, I'm also eleven. Generous, a, <laughs> a generous nine. Um, I can't disagree with you that it, there's a bit of tail off and a bit of kind of scrappiness in the production, which I sometimes like and sometimes don't. But overall, um, I mean, you said it with endearing. I think that's the 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 over overarching feeling I get from this album. And um, yeah, I've listened to it tons, and um, it, it, it consistently is entertaining for me. Tears begin to fall on the outskirts of Leeds. I am missing her already. Do we have um, another set of choices to present? Uh, yeah, I think we should do the New, new Bjork album and the New Pixies album. The new Bjork, Bjork. Album, now, now known as New York. <laughs> <laughs> New York and Pixies. Um, well, I was trying to remember the name of it, and I, I mean, Fossera. Fossera by Bjork. To the internet. Join us next week. We'll have uh, those two albums, and uh, we'll do it all again. We will be back next week. It won't be another four-month four disappearance. <laughs> So see you then.